following contest is scheduled for one fall. Hey, 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 it's your boy KJ, and welcome to the Roped In Podcast. This is the first episode of its kind, the AEW pay-per-view recap. I'm so excited to be doing this. This is going to be great. There's so much to talk about. All Out just took place last night. It was it was crazy. So much happened. Insanity of of so many different kinds. I'm I'm gonna get into everything. But um, how are you guys? How's everything? Um, have you been? I, I can't hear any of you, so I'm just gonna assume you guys are all good because. If you weren't, well, you wouldn't really be listening to a podcast now, would you? So um, I'm just going to assume you guys are good. I'm good. I am so excited because obviously I'm doing this this podcast venture now. So, you know, a lot of new stuff coming my way. Uh, I'm. This is probably going to be the only podcast that I do, uh, or rather pay-per-view podcast that I do on my own. Uh, this is um, because, you know, I'm just... I'm, I'm trying to ease you guys in before I start all the chaotic stuff. So, you know, slowly, slow and steady wins the race. So hopefully I win this race. I don't know when this race ends, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, the the pay-per-view was last night. AEW's All Out. Interesting. Very interesting. I, I, I have a shit ton of thoughts on it. So um, I'll, I'll get into that slowly. But uh, I, I I always like to revisit like the the I guess the older pay per view. So like for example, if it's WWE, I'll, I'll go back and like listen to uh, or rather I'll just skim through the matches of let's say if I was I was attending SummerSlam 2019, which I did. I I, I like to think back to SummerSlam 2018 and what happened then. And I like to see how how the company's progress in that one year. You know, I take that as kind of like a a stamp or a time stamp. And it's like, okay, how was it then? Was it good? Was it shit? Okay, it was all right. Okay, let's go back now to to the show that I just watched, and how did I feel about it now? So, with well, with AEW, it was it was all in one year ago. Uh, I was in New York. It was right after SummerSlam, and uh, I had. Uh, I was I was with uh, Keith Elliott Greenberg. If you guys have heard some of the Inside the Ropes podcasts, you might know him. He's an author. He's he's written so many books. Uh, he did uh, a book with Harley Race, uh, Ric Flair. Uh, I think he did. I don't want to. I don't want to get it wrong, so I'm not going to say any more names. But uh, Keith Keith has been around the industry for so many years. So I was with him. Watched all in with him at a bar with like a shit ton of wrestling fans. It was really interesting. His takes are always very different because he comes from a very experienced background. So it was really different watching with him as opposed to me watching the show now on my own. So, uh, but all in. So all in. If you guys remember, it started with uh, the battle royal in the pre-show. Flip Gordon won that and then got to face Black Machismo, aka Jay Lethal. In uh, in the Ring of Honor title match uh, later on in the show, but um, a few a few of the different things were like so obviously commentary gives you a massive feel. So the commentary of uh, of All In was done by uh, Excalibur, Don Callis, and Ian 
Riccoboni. I'm not even sure how to pronounce that right, but uh, he's a very ambiguous-looking gentleman, and uh, his name suits, I guess. <laughs> um, the first match of the night was MJF versus Matt Cross. I had no idea who MJF was at the time. Uh, he, I mean, today, I think I think he's incredible. Uh, we'll get into the stuff he did at All Out, which was also really smart and He's, he, he knows the nuances. He knows the small things he kind of has to do. And it it builds that tiny bit of interest. It's like that inception where it's like, I'm going to give you an idea and you can build on it. You know, I'll let you do the talking. And he did that really well in All Out. But I'll get to that. Uh, then there was Stephen Amell versus Christopher Daniels. Daniels went over. Uh, oh, yeah, MJF versus Matt Cross. Matt Cross went over. A uh, fatal four-way match was Britt Baker versus Madison Rain versus Chelsea Green versus Tessa Blanchard, and Tessa went over. Uh, that was a, it was a pretty good match. Uh, all the girls, I remember, they they got together, they did this little hug thing, uh, as as kind of like you know, we're here, you know, let's do this. So that was really nice. And Tessa obviously is is possibly the most talented out of all four women. So uh, I guess the right girl went over. I wish I wish she came to AEW. I, not that she's wasting her talent at Impact. I mean, if she's getting a good paycheck, why not? But I think that Tessa Tessa has so much more to give in a, a company like AEW or WWE. Uh, she really needs that that high caliber, you know, um, I guess stage. So so she can she she has so much more to give. Uh, then we had the NWA Championship, the Heavyweight Championship match between Cody and Nick Aldis. And uh, this was, it was a very storybook match. It wasn't like, the thing is, the show has, it's kind of like the, the I guess, perfect way to, to describe a variety show. So the AEW kind of does the high spots and the hardcore stuff, and then they have the story stuff. So this was a story-based uh, match where it was Cody who's trying to regain the NWA Heavyweight Championship because his dad held it. And, you know, it was, I think, like a certain number of years to the day uh, that he was trying to get the championship back in honor of his dad. And it was very emotional, him walking out with his dog. I mean, I fucking love dogs. So, like, Pharaoh, and and he's coming out with Pharaoh, and then obviously his gorgeous wife was with him. And then uh, he was accompanied also by DDP, and uh, his father-in-law was there as well. And uh, there was someone else. And I'm struggling to remember who it was. But whoever it was, uh, they 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 kind of... So, like, the, you see the parallels between that time and this time as well. Where it's like, all right, All In had something, you know, with certain people that... that, that it's kind of like the feel where, you know, they do something. Where these guys are coming out. All these legends are coming out with um, with Cody. And as they did with Nick Aldis as well, uh, I remember it was uh, Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett came out and, well, I said legends, but, like, Divari came out with Nick Aldis for some reason. I don't know if he's a producer backstage or something, but, like, yeah, just he came out. Uh, who the fuck was it? I'm going to I'm gonna have to go back and check. But, uh, yeah, so, so these guys come out and, and they did. I'm sure, like... <laughs> I'm sure some of you guys are like, ah, it was it was fucking Cody, not Cody, uh, fucking DDP and uh, 
Uh, I'm just stalling because I'm trying to go back and find it. Um, oh, okay. It only stopped at this. Uh, double or nothing. So, but yeah, anyway, so uh, w- what I'm trying to get at is that they they had some parallels between this show uh, and uh, when I say this show, I mean All In and All Out. So they had they had so many parallels, which is kind of good to see, you know, that they're keeping some consistency. So it, it was Paul Heyman who actually told me this. He's like, you know, stick, like once you have that consistency and once you keep repeating it again and again and again and again, it sticks, you know. So that's kind of like the the thing that you need to do. So you you find your thing and you keep sticking to it. And then you obviously have to either modify it so that it, it's easier to stick or you do it enough times in in a way that people will remember you know so um so yes it's good to see that um next match was joey janela versus hangman adam page now adam page at this during all in was such a like goofball so i was kind of like i couldn't take him seriously i was like all right who the fuck is this guy he's like he's like having these dreams and he's killing uh, Joey Ryan, and and then he's got, like, talking shoes, and I was just like, what the fuck is this? Like, this is so fucking weird. I'd heard, I, I, I knew of Joey Janela going to this match, right? Because Joey Janela does the shows um, during uh, during WrestleMania. So if you haven't been to WrestleMania, um, it's, it's kind of like uh, you have all these smaller indie shows, and Joey Janela hosts one of those those um, uh, those indie shows so he'll do like a small venue and then they do like whatever crazy shit um, so I'm trying to remember the name it was like Joey Janela's spring break or some shit so uh, so he does that and then it's all like it's 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 pretty cool it's pretty cool so uh, it's I haven't been for one but like uh, I have for, like Sandra if you know Sandra from inside the rope Sandra goes for these shows and uh, she always talks. She's always got good stuff to say about them. So it's it's good to see other people doing stuff. So this match had a lot of that, like Janela and Paige, and then Joey Ryan's like dick stuff, which I'm not a really big fan of. Uh, that's a debate for some other time. But uh, if I get into that, this podcast is gonna go on for six hours. But uh, uh, Joey Ryan does the whole dick grabbing shit, and he comes back to life. So they did that. There was a little goof goofy stuff there. I mean. For someone who doesn't like it, I think it was the first time I, I enjoyed watching it, so it was okay, but I'm still not a big fan of, like, hey, grab my cock, now flip, you know? So <laughs> that's that's just me. Uh, and then you have Flip Gordon versus Jay Lethal. As I said, Flip had won the Battle Royal. Uh, Jay Lethal was doing the whole black machismo thing with uh, Lenny Poffo, and uh, he came out, and then there's... Uh, Billy uh, Bully Ray came in as well, and Cole Cabana at the end of the match. Uh, Jay Lethal doing the whole Macho Man thing with uh, Brandy Rhodes was incredible. He's got the nuances down to a T. So good, incredible, incredible stuff. And then you had Kenny Omega versus Pentagon Junior, which was a great fucking match. What a fucking match! Uh, lights go out, lights come back on. Suddenly, Pentagon Junior looks fatter, and then Jericho is actually the one under the mask. He attacks uh, Pent- uh, Kenny Omega and reveals, takes off the mask, reveals it's Jericho. Oh, wow. Uh, and then Marty Skrull versus Okada, which was a shockingly long match. And I think it, it went over by way too much. Uh, it was it was a good match, 
but it could have been much shorter. It didn't need to be that long. Skrull, I think I think Marty for the first time like stepped up and and he I think that match made him a much bigger star than he already was. So that was that was good to see. Uh, and then the the main event was uh, Rey Mysterio Jr. and uh, so it was a six man tag: Rey Mysterio Jr., uh, Rey Phoenix, and Bandido versus Kota Ibushi and the Young Bucks, the Golden Elite. And they it was a it was a great six way, but the problem was that this match was was so restricted on time, so it, it kind of felt like all right, like thirty minutes in. Uh, not 30 minutes, sorry, like 15 minutes of the match had the first 15 minutes were cut. So they just jumped into like spots. So it kind of felt like, all right, we don't have time to do the first like five, 10 minutes, let's say. We didn't have time to do the first 10 minutes. Fuck it. We're just going to do the last 15. So that's kind of where it felt like the match picked up, you know. So uh, unfortunately, I guess because it was a hard out, you could you could hear the commentators. I remember you could hear the commentators still talking as they showed the the graphic that changed over and you could still like hear a faint voice uh saying thank you for joining us blah 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 whatever it was it was a hard out so that was that was sad so with that being said those are those are just some of the points from AEW all in now let's see how they've improved cuz you want improvement right that's what you want you want improvement in the next show you want improvement like going forward you just want things to be better and and whatever mistakes they made in the previous show you don't want them to repeat them and you want to fix it so let's see what they fixed and what they kind of didn't because there are some things that i kind of had a problem with but there are also some things that i was happy with so the the show aew all out uh it's in chicago so obviously now i'm just gonna cut right to it cm punk doesn't show up which I was kind of bummed with. I marked out. I thought that, all right, for sure he's coming. He's doing StarCast. He's been talking about wrestling for so long where it's like, okay, he's he's discussed wrestling. Uh, he's discussed about never going back to wrestling, right? He, he always says that, I'm never going to go back to wrestling. I don't give a shit about wrestling. I don't watch wrestling. So then why are you doing StarCast? You know what I mean? That's That's kind of the thought process in my head where it's like, if you don't like wrestling, if you don't want to go back to wrestling... Why on earth are you doing Starcast? It's not like you don't have the money. You have you're fighting for the UFC. You made money there. You have a name. You can work in movies, TV shows. He was doing the comic book stuff. So like he was doing all these things. So to me, in my head, it's like you don't need this. So why are you doing it? So I kind of like I tricked myself. Now I'm gonna mark out again. I'm just gonna fucking say it. But if he shows up at the first episode of AEW's show, that, that, my friends, will be insane. Now, I'm not going to believe it as much as I believed him coming out at All Out, but I think there is a tiny smidgen of a possibility that he does show up. And it would be the biggest moment in the history of wrestling, no doubt. People still chant CM Punk all the fucking time. So, uh, I don't know. I'd I'd like to see him back. I'd like to see him in some capacity in some capacity because his last match on TV at least was the Royal Rumble and just he just disappeared. He just didn't show up and it was kind of sad. You know, I liked CM Punk. CM Punk was the second wrestling t-shirt I ever bought. So 
kind of sucks. But whatever, you know. Let's see. Let's see what happens with Punk. Anyway, so the show starts off with the national anthem. They do a little pyro bits. Uh, really nice, you know. Uh, I think that's just becoming a thing now where they start with the national anthem. Uh, and then they show a video package of all the matches coming up, which I loved. The song that they used was really good. The the fade ins and outs of the the people talking with the audio of the song was not up to mark. They need to kind of figure out when to cut the music for people to talk and how to kind of enhance the audio to make it sound a little more booming to go with the music. WWE does that really well. If you go listen to like, there's a song called Suffocate, which was the song soundtrack of uh, Scott Steiner versus Test. And that video package was is so good. I think it's so well done. And then you've got um, Triple H versus Shawn Michaels. Uh, when Shawn Michaels was making his return in 2002, that video package is so fucking good. So just the music, and and I'm, I'm a big sucker for music with video packages. So, like, WWE has kind of, like, ingrained that into me. I like seeing, you know, like, the hero prevail, and he comes out. And, like, so they, they need to kind of figure out the timing of the video. But with that being said, I still think this video was really, really good. It was really good. So not, not taking anything away, but there is room for improvement. Uh, the, the trio that was doing commentary, it was Golden Boy, which they've hired now. So whom they've hired, it's not a thing. <laughs> they've hired Golden Boy. So that's kudos to you, AEW. He's really fucking good. So Golden Boy's on, JR, Excalibur, great trio. Excalibur was, was a hit and a miss tonight. I think he's really, really good. He knows exactly what the fuck he's talking about. But he was a hit and a miss tonight. Uh, I don't know what it was, nerves or... But I, I felt like his his commentary was lacking a little bit. Um, so we get right into the first match. It's uh, the It was Jurassic Express, which is Marco Stunt, Luchasaurus, and Jungle Boy versus SCU. Now, the Jurassic Express is so over. Luchasaurus is literally soaring, pun intended, into the sky. This guy is a massive fucking man who's who does like spin kicks and wheel kicks and and all these roundhouse kicks and backflips and kip-ups and like he's not supposed to be doing this. Look at the size of this gigantic monster. And he's wearing a fucking mask that makes him look like he ate Godzilla and then put Godzilla's face on himself. And he looks like he's dripping in that poison that Tajiri used to have. You remember that poison? Like the, the, the mist, the green mist? Yeah, it looks like it's dripping down his mouth. So it makes him look like he's got poison on his face. And he's covered in tattoos. He's, he's moving around like a fucking cruiserweight. Like this man is insane. So talented. So I completely understand why he's so over. People people love him. I love the guy. I think he's so good. He could he could be huge. And not not just in size. I don't mean literally. I mean like figuratively in terms of character. This guy can be huge. So it's fucking he has no right to be doing this. This guy's fucking insane. And and then you've got Jungle Boy, who by the way, okay, question. Is Jungle Boy an actual ripoff of that cartoon in Johnny Bravo? You remember, I don't know if you remember this, but Johnny Bravo had this, like, 
little segue cartoon, like a spin-off thing of a kid called Jungle Boy who was living in the jungle and was like this sexy kid. Fucking hell, Johnny Bravo was fucked up. Jeez, yeah, he was a sexy kid and all the monkeys liked him. Good God, no wonder I'm so fucked up. My childhood was so twisted. <laughs> I used to watch the shit out of that stuff. So, yeah, anyways, Jungle Boy, back to this. So Jungle Boy is there, and, and you've got Marco Stunt, who's like this... I think I'm bigger than Marco Stunt. I genuinely think I'm bigger than the guy. He's he's tiny, but he's pretty fucking talented. So, um, and Jungle Boy looks like someone, you know, added some steroids into Marco Stunt, and, like, you have Jungle Boy. So, <laughs> Jungle Boy, there's some, there's some spots in this match. I'm not going to go into every spot, but uh, Jungle Boy does, like, a flip onto the outside... And you see his hair get tangled into into the top rope. And I think it ripped off his skull. So, ouch. Because they, they cut back. And and I can't remember if it was Frankie Kazarian. I can't remember who it was. But you could see the lock of hair just dangling from the top rope. I was like, oh, that's gotta hurt. That cannot be pretty. So, uh, and I think he grabbed his head immediately. So there's a lock of his hair on on the top rope, and uh, but yeah, the, so SEU pick up the win after Kazarian carries both Jungle Boy and Marco at the same time for the BME, which is I believe the best Meltzer ever, and uh, it's kind of like so he's holding them in tombstone position, and then uh, Christopher Daniels does a moonsault and just drop them both. Uh, after the match, all the men celebrate, you know, kind of like hey, sportsmanship. So I, I don't I don't understand SCU. They come out and they do their little shtick, but you kind of need to change it up a little bit because they come out like this is the worst town I've ever been in. So it's like, yeah, but like now you've got everyone chanting along with you. Shouldn't you change it? Like make it different. Be like, you remember what we used to say? Well, this is back in the day when we thought that you guys would be the worst town, or some shit like that, you know? Like, you could change it up, but they just do the exact same thing, like their heels, so makes no sense. But, yeah, I mean, it was a decent match. I wouldn't, I wouldn't give, like, I wouldn't think about it way too much. It was, it was okay. Uh, decent opener, good, it's a, they, they got the Jurassic Express out, so it's a hot start to the show. Which is good. Which is what you want. You want a hot hot start to the show. You bring out people that are fan favorites. So, I guess in that sense, you've you've got you know a, a a positive start, right? So they did they did what they needed to. I think I think they started the show the right way. Uh, next match, Omega versus Pac. Now, John Moxley was supposed to be in this match. John Moxley got injured. Uh, I believe it was a uh, uh, staph infection in his elbow. And sucks, poor guy. If some of you know me, I, I'm not the biggest Moxley fan. I, I'm not a big fan of his wrestling style. His promo stuff sometimes is good. For the most part, I'm not a huge fan. Like I hate that, that clothesline that he... I don't know if he still does it, but that... What was it? The Lunatic Lariat? I don't like it. I think it's the dumbest thing where he's falling out of the ring and he comes back and close it. You do not gain extra momentum. It just, that's dumb. It's really fucking dumb. So, uh, again, there's so many dumb things in wrestling, but my point is that I just, I, 
I don't like it. I just don't like that that move. So I'm not I'm not the biggest fan, but I'm susceptible to to change my my opinion on the guy. So I would definitely like to change my opinion, right? Because everyone loves the guy. I'm trying to understand why his his hardcore match, or rather, quote unquote, unsanctioned match against Joey Janela was just you know here's some barbed wire fall on this here's some thumbtacks fall on this here's a table here's a kitchen sink like you know what i mean like it's it's very gimmicky which is fine which is fine because the match right after this is as gimmicky as it can get but um but it's just um i i don't know if that's the type of environment moxie will, will thrive in you know is he a hardcore guy is he a main eventer? Is he a mid-carder? Where the fuck is his position? Figure it out and and let him thrive there, you know? I think he's he's aiming towards the main event because Kenny Omega is definitely a main eventer. Moxley came in, immediately started feuding with Kenny Omega. I guess also it's it's a main event thing. Now, if you ask me, as much as I dislike Moxley, I think the staff infection was a great thing for him. Because I want this feud to be built. I want Omega and Moxley to be built. I don't want to just see two fucking guys just go in there and be like, all right, here we are. Let's wrestle. No. Give me a fucking story. Tell me why you guys hate each other. Moxley came out, stole your limelight or whatever the fuck it was, or came out and just wanted to beat everyone's ass. So, you know, you just happened to be the wrong place at the wrong time. And now you're in a feud with Moxley. Fine. You know? But build up to it. Give me more. Make it personal. Make it mean something. So Omega's talking shit in that promo about Moxley, which is good. Keep building to it. So I think the staff infection kind of helped this feud in some fashion. So I'd like to see that built more. I'd like to see it go somewhere. I That's that's kind of what I want, right? Now, uh, Pac, right? Now, he's he's been overlooked in this whole thing because... I, the the change was made what two three weeks ago so not even that long. Pack is is amazing when he was Adrian Neville on NXT, one of the best champions NXT's had in my opinion. He was so good. His matches were fantastic. The matches he had with Sami Zayn were great. His all his feuds, all his feuds were great. And I think for for uh, Pack to come out here. Uh, be booed he was booed by everyone i guess um i don't know if it's because he's a bad guy or if people have uh, if people just wanted to see moxley which is why they were booing him but he played up to it he played up to it and he was he owned it and he he was talking shit the whole time which is amazing he does such a good job with the character and he doesn't break character i i was the i was helping produce an interview for WrestleMania during WrestleMania 33 in the Performance Center. So I was in the Performance Center with my buddy Miles, and he and I. So he was the interviewer on camera. I was producing. Uh, when I say producing, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing at that time. I was just holding a camera. But I was I was on as his producer. And I was standing there, and Neville comes. And Neville's the only one. So we did. Uh, I, I believe we did. Uh, what was her name? Emma. So her name was Emma at the time. Tanel Dashwood. Uh, so she was there, Emma was there, Becky Lynch was there, Finn Balor was there, Neville, uh, Albert, a.k.a. Prince Albert, a.k.a. whatever fucking Matt Bloom, whatever names he has, he goes by, I can't even keep up anymore. But So all these people were there, and we were interviewing them one by one. Now, while we were interviewing them, the 
only person to stay in character the whole time was Neville. Pac. He was the only fucking person who refused to break character. He was like, and he was, he was just like, I'm the king. I'm here. Uh, you guys are all peasants. I don't even need to be here. I should be at home. I'm doing you a favor by being here. So the whole thing, and even when he was talking to Miles, he was, he was not breaking character, which was incredible. So good. And those, as, as, as a wrestling purist, that, that's some, you know, some people want to see that. Some people want to see Cape Fabe still alive. So it's, it's, it's good. It's refreshing. You know, I get it. Things have changed a lot, but seeing something like that makes you appreciate the performer and the artist so much more. So anyway, so Pac comes out. He's getting booed. Like it's it's insane. He's owning up to it. Omega's doing his you know usual stuff. Like he's he's being the cocky guy, but not too cocky, and he's counter cockying Pac. There's so much showboating. Uh, both men are just countering everything that they're doing. A massive chunk of this match was had on the outside, where they're throwing each other into barricades and uh, and just just brutal, brutal stuff. Now uh, there was a, there's a point where Pac did a moonsault from the top rope. So so let's say he climbed the ring. Uh, Kenny Omega standing on the outside by the barricade, and Pac does a moonsault, clips his feet on the barricade, and that looked so fucking painful i immediately remembered the match he had with jericho where he broke his foot i was like or was his shin i can't remember what it was but one of those two and he was in so much pain and i was like fuck that that looked so bad because he he does the flip and he lands straight foot first onto the barricade that has got to hurt so bad no doubt but to his credit Stands up, throws Kenny Omega back into the ring, goes and and he sells it. He sells the shit out of it. He limps in. I was like, I don't know if this guy's really hurt. I couldn't tell. Which is which is what you want. You want to be immersed in the match. You want to be lost and forget what you're seeing is is a scripted show. So I I I bought it completely. I was like, fuck, this guy might not be able to do the move. Is it even safe for him to do it? He goes up top, and I I thought he was gonna hit the black arrow which used to be called the Red Arrow, but it's the Black Arrow now. And I I expected that move, but he did a 450 splash, connected, Omega kicked out. So, uh, But the, the finish of the match was Omega going for the one-winged angel, but Pac counters it with a move called the Brutalizer, which is kind of like a crucifix chokehold. And, and Omega starts fading out, and he... So you see Omega go down, go down. I'm like, all right, what's he gonna do? Is he gonna counter? Because like, it looks, it almost looks like a crucifix pin at this point by Pac. So I was like, is Pac gonna get him counted? And then he kicks out. What's gonna happen? And suddenly, Kenny Omega's gone. He's asleep. What? Omega lost again? What? Where are they going with this? This has to be some because Omega might be their biggest star, right? I mean, who else? Cody? Cody's big, but he's not Omega. Omega was was on top of the world at some point. There was, there was talks of him and Okada be, having the best wrestling matches of all time. That their trilogy is meant to be the, the possibly the best trilogy in wrestling history. So, Omega loses to Pac? 
he's lost all his matches since he's come into AEW? What's going on here? What's happening? So, now, I'm trying to remember, right? Now, I, I, I don't want to get this wrong because I remember uh, Okada, uh, Omega, rather. So, Omega's won the, the six-man tag, right? But his singles matches, because he had, he had the match at Fighter Fest with, uh, with um, uh, what's their name? The, the Young Bucks, which, which he, he won, right? But then he lost to Chris Jericho. And and basically the 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 title match that takes place later in in the show, the the title match uh, contend number one contendership was decided between uh, the winner of uh, the battle royal in the start of Double or Nothing versus the winner of Chris Jericho versus uh, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega lost that match. That was his first singles match, and he lost. I was like, okay, interesting, but I guess I guess. This is this is how they went about it. All right, cool. You know, Omega's definitely gonna get a win some point. You know, it's it's not it's not gonna be. It's, it's, he's gonna win his next match a hundred percent. But then he loses this. So so was was Moxley supposed to win here? Was Moxley supposed to go over, or was this just so that it's shock factor where everyone's like, all right, because Moxley's injured. And Omega is is a hundred percent going over Pac. They've just put Pac in here because they want Pac to to be, a, or rather, they want a certain name, or they want a caliber of a, a certain caliber of a wrestler to lose to to um, <clears throat> excuse me. They want they want a certain caliber of a wrestler to lose to to Kenny Omega, and Pac being in this match makes it look like you know. It was, a much bigger deal, uh, but Pac went over and and I was shocked, 100. percent I was like, "What the fuck? How the fuck did he win?" But I'm happy. I'm happy because I like that. I like the shock value. I like. I don't want it to. I do, I don't like guessing everything. When I can't guess, that's that's when I enjoy stuff. You know, uh, that's why NXT works so well for me because I have such a struggle guessing NXT, which I love. So, so, yeah, happy with Pac going over. Uh, the, and, and this match was pretty fucking long. This match was, it was the second longest match of the night. It was 23 minutes and 20 seconds. That's a long match. And, and I think it was worth it. I think, I think they did. Now, I always think that you can always trim a little bit of the fat, but I think this match needed all the time it got. They, they worked it really well it was well produced and and hats off to both performers now boy oh boy we get to a triple threat match right i i need i need like a drink of water for this one because boy do i have some thoughts on this <sighs> don't know if you could hear that what the f- fuck was this <clears throat> first of all the name of this match cracker barrel clash that's right cracker barrel as in the place you go to eat cracker barrel and uh, so there's three participants in this match <laughs> darby allen 
poor guy. He comes out, they give him the Jimmy Havoc's uh, graphic on, on <laughs> under his under his uh, image. So, uh, but they changed it. They fixed it. Uh, so, Darby Allen, Jimmy Havoc, and Joey Janela, right? Triple threat match. No idea what the fuck the purpose of this is. Is it just who wants to fucking die in this? And if I'm not mistaken, right? Weren't Joey Janela and and Darby Allen in a team? Like all, all three men were were in a team at Fight for the Fallen, and now they're all against each other. Is it because they lost that match that they're mad? I don't like. I I don't get it. I don't understand. But then again, MJF was in a team with Sean Spears, and then. Like he hates him now, so they say they need to fix this. They need to fix a few things here, right? But I'll I'll get into all those itty gritty details at the end of this. But anyway, so this match was it was too much. I I like a hardcore match. I like it, but there are points where I was I was cringing. I was just cringing. I was like, this is I'm not enjoying watching this right now because this I feel like this guy's gonna fucking kill himself, and I'm gonna watch a death on TV and. That's not good. So I'm just going to run through some of the fucking spots in this because, Christ, who comes up with this stuff? It's like the, it's like the guy who writes a script of Saw. Like he, he suddenly he has some like interest in wrestling. He's like, hey, guys, you know what? You, how about we do this? And then they're like, uh, maybe tone it down a little bit. And this is what he's come up with after toning it down a little bit. Basically, this fucking match starts off with Jimmy Havoc just stapling himself for no so no fucking reason at all. This guy is stapling himself with a staple gun. What is wrong with this guy? What is wrong with him? Well, how are you going to win this match? Are, isn't the purpose of this match to win? So how are you... What are you doing to yourself? Like, why are you... Why are you hurting yourself before this match has even started... Because now you've just put yourself at a disadvantage, right? It uh, mm, doesn't make any sense. So, anyways, all three of these fucking men are just nutcases. One, they just keep trying to top each other. Just keep trying to show, hey, I'm crazier. I'm, I'm, hey, watch me do this. Oh no, watch me do this. Ha ha, I'm gonna kill myself. What the fuck is wrong? So this match starts. They do the staple gun spot, and then Alan and Joey Janela. Both uh, put put Jimmy Havoc into a, on a chair on the outside, and then they they duct tape him to the chair, and then Darby Allen finds a cup with thumbtacks. I don't know where the fuck he got a cup of thumbtacks from. Why the fuck do you have a cup of thumbtacks? Who the fuck puts thumbtacks in a cup? Anyways, miraculously, it, oh look, you know how convenient is that? I have a cup of thumbtacks. Takes the cup of thumbtacks. Puts it into fucking Jimmy Havoc's mouth and tapes his mouth shut. What the fuck was this? First of all, if I have thumbtacks in my mouth, unless someone slaps me or something, I think I should be okay. If they're just resting on my tongue and I'm not biting down on them, I I'm, I should be okay. Right? So, I don't understand the... But there was a spot later where he spat the thumbtacks in, in someone's face. Like Joey Janelle's face. So, it's kind of like... Okay, I guess it worked out. So, but anyway, so so they do this. It looks really fucking weird. I guess that was a point. It, visually, it looks fucked up. 
Allen goes into the ring, does a senton onto Havoc, who who just gets off the chair. And uh, there's a there's a small reference to Bruce Pritchard where uh, Joey Janela goes under the ring, finds a tennis racket. He's like, oh, what the fuck am I going to do with this? Throws the tennis racket. So it's a very subtle, like, yeah, fuck you, Bruce Pritchard. Like, you don't like this? Well, fuck you. So, uh, and even the commentary made made a right they're like oh who uses a, a tennis racket so that's a definite definite shot <laughs> at bruce pritchard but uh anyway so uh havoc basically later in the match uh puts puts joey janela on a chair grabs him for a monkey flip does the full flip joey janela is holding onto this chair flips with the chair lands with all the fucking legs of the chair on the mat and just sits there. I think that was that was a great fucking spot. Great spot. Janela lands on the chair perfectly, folds his legs and and sits there so smug, like, haha, look at me. But yeah. I would have preferred it if he just if he did a little bit of showboating and then stood up and like smashed the chair on on to Havoc's head, which is that was the only fucking thing that was missing, really. And, uh, but yeah, he did that. It was great. Um, Alan, uh, another spot of the match was Alan standing on the outside. Uh, so he was standing on the apron on the outside with a table behind him. Joey Janela runs and does a f- sunset flip type power bomb onto Alan from the from inside the ring onto the outside through the table. Alan then like he looked like he died. This guy, this kid is gonna die. I'm telling you, in the fucking ring. This, that's his. That's what he wants. He wants to fucking die. This guy's crazy. He's a fucking nut job. Uh, Alan then goes and finds a skateboard, conveniently with thumbtacks at the bottom of the fucking skateboard, and then he he does a springboard with the skateboard in his hand to the inside of the ring and does an ollie onto Janela's back with some of the thumbtacks coming off and stuck to Janela's back. It was gruesome. That, again, see, this is what I'm saying. Like this, now it's getting a bit too much. You know what I mean? Like, I don't mind a hardcore match, but come on, like, this is just fucking disgusting. And then, and then, uh, Alan basically goes goes onto the outside, um, attacks Jimmy Havoc, finds stairs, puts Havoc on stairs, goes to the Cracker Barrel barrel, gets the barrel with him. It's an empty barrel, right? This motherfucker. Climbs to the top of the ropes. Goes all the way to the top of the ropes. uh, Jimmy Havoc is lying down on the steel stairs. And this psychopath puts the barrel behind his back and basically does like a trust fall kind of spot where he he just falls back first with the barrel behind him. And he smashes the fucking barrel onto the steel steps with no Jimmy Havoc. So, needless to say, that was the last spot of of Darby Allen's, I guess, run in this match. So, he killed himself, right? M- motherfucker's dead. We go back to the ring. Jimmy Havoc is now in the ring wrestling Joey Janela. Havoc does a fucking... So, to end the match, Havoc does a superplex... Onto another fucking Cracker Barrel, empty barrel. Why the fuck do they have empty barrels around? So he puts the barrel into the ring, 
and then does a superplex, but Janela kind of misses. His his leg smashes onto the barrel. Janela does a fantastic job in selling how much his foot would have hurt going through that barrel. So I thought he got like a splinter or something. I was like, ah, oh, fuck. I think the guy hurt himself. But then he does the acid rainmaker onto the barrel, which is like, if you haven't watched for some reason, uh, it's kind of like a clothesline. It's kind of like Okada's move, if you know Okada's finisher. So he pulls him in, does the finisher, and uh, onto the barrel, and picks up the one, two, three for the win. Now, again, I don't mind a hardcore match. I, I genuinely like a hardcore match. I There's some spots in this match that were great. The chair spot with the flip was great. Seeing the barrel smash onto the stairs was horrific. I guess it was a good spot. The the flip onto the table on the outside with Janela and Allen was also, I guess, good. But there's some... Like, when you see everything together, like, save some of these spots for other matches. I saw too much in this match, and I was getting scared for these guys. Like... There's a point where I kind of stopped enjoying it. And I was just concerned at this point. I was like, I don't want to see someone die on TV. That's fucked. That's that's horrible. You know, you don't want to see that. It bums you out. So, uh, it was, again, these spots were insane. Insane spots. But I don't want to see them on, on, in all these spots in one match doesn't make any sense. Split these spots up. Save them for other matches. I feel like they're going to, they're going to, burn themselves out. You know what I mean? I feel like they're just the, the everything's going to happen all at once and then later on they're going to kind of have a hard time being creative. So, and cuz you got to realize like this show is supposed to compete with WWE that's been running for 25 years plus. And if they want to even last 10 years, they kind of have to slow their roll a little bit and they kind of have to like ration their moves. You gotta kind of like know that you don't want to fucking kill yourself, and at the same time, you you want to save your body for as long as you can. And if you want to do these spots, do them, but don't do them all at once. Where it's like you kind of like now, what are you gonna do next? You know, now you have to like saw your arm off for for anyone to be like, oh shit. So again, that's my only that's my only criticism of this match. Otherwise, it was fucking insane. These guys have a death wish, so. I don't want to see any of them die. Please don't fucking die. But yeah, this is this, it's crazy. It's fucking crazy. And then we get uh, the the so this is the next match is a tag team match for uh, the it's for a buy in in the tournament for the uh, AEW Tag Team Championships. Now I I thought I thought the buy was already done before and i i thought that these guys uh the the dark order had already won it but um i i guess not because like there was that that triple threat tag team match at uh at fight for the fallen between dark order uh, uh angelico and jack evans and uh, jungle boy and luchasaurus so i thought this was like you know i thought i thought this was kind of like what it's 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 happened already. This they the winners already received a first round buy. So why are they having this again? I was just I, I don't know. I was a little confused. I might be wrong about something. If I'm wrong, guys, just tweet me and let me know um, what I'm missing here because I I genuinely thought that this was done. I thought this this had happened and and they got their first round buy. So, anyways, whatever. 
Uh, this match was so it was it was uh, Dark Order versus the best friends Chuck Taylor and Trent and uh, Dark Order if you don't know Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. Uh, I guess the position of this match was poor because we just saw a psychotic hardcore match, and this this kind of took a lull. It it just the placement was was not great. I get the the post-match stuff was like really cool and i guess you want to keep it for that but at the same time it was kind of like the match itself was not interesting at least i didn't find it too interesting because i just saw three guys trying to kill themselves and now i'm watching a wrestling match with like and not that they're subpar wrestlers it's just that they're i i'm not as invested in these guys now because i'm just trying to recover from what the that, that car crash that i just saw you know what I mean? So it's it's like, what? Just maybe place it better. I don't know. But anyways, uh, this match it was it was uh, again not much to talk about, not much to write home. Uh, the Dark Order come out with their creepers and stuff, and uh, they pick up a win with uh, a move that they call Fatality, which uh, is kind of hard to explain. But I guess um, if you know the Gory special. Uh, it's it's so evil. Uno, this is the big chubby guy. He's he holds up uh, the opponent, and then uh, the other guy, Stu Grayson, does kind of like a cutter from the top rope, and both of them drop the opponent. And uh, so they did that, and they picked up the win. Uh, so uh, Trent Trent took the the fall. But after the match, uh, the the Dark Order start kind of beating up Chuck Taylor, and then they order. So Evil Uno asks his creepers or those minions that are with him, asks him to carry and take uh, Trent out. Right. So they they carry Trent and they're taking him out. Now they make references to the dick druids that were at All In. Don't even get me started. But so. They come out, they, they carry him, and they're, ta- they're, they're trying to take him out, but then the lights go out. When the lights come back on, Orange Cassidy is in the ring. And he's wearing a jean jacket, jeans, got aviators on, looking cool as hell. He's got his hands in his pocket. And then he he looks at the druids, or not the druids, but the, the creepers, taking Trent away. So he does a small Irish whip and jumps out out from between the top and middle rope right on the outside but here's the cool part the guy doesn't ever take his hands out of his pocket so so both his hands are still in his pockets and 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 he he dives outside and then he stands up with his hands still in his pockets rolls into the ring with his hands still in his pocket and then kips up and poses, that's right, with his hands still in his pockets. That was impressive. Well done, Orange Cassidy. He should have not taken his hands out of his pockets at all. Because he stands in the ring, and then Chuck Taylor and Trent come come back in. They're like, you just saved us. Let's. I think we need to... And they hug. So they do the hug spot, and uh, it was great. And uh, yeah. Like Orange Cassidy, pretty cool. Just he should have left his hands in his pocket. He took him out to like fist bump or something. But yeah, I I, I dig it. I dig it. I liked it. So um, 
I guess the post-match stuff was so much better than, than the match itself. Uh, and again, not taking anything away from the performers is just like, you know, just placement, bad placement. And that match was too much. Uh, anyway, so uh, we then get a match between two two Japanese ladies. I've I, So I know Riho from the other shows that AEW has done. I've never... And, I might be racist. Is that because I, I don't know if I've seen this lady before? But Hikaru Shida, who's pretty hot, by the way. Uh, Hikaru Shida versus Ryo. And the winner of this match will face Nyla Rose because Nyla Rose won a battle royal earlier this night uh, to, to win the inaugural AEW Women's Championship in Washington for the premiere episode October 2nd. So... I think, I think that uh, this, I mean, I, I don't know how this match is going to go, to be honest. Uh, I, I'm referring to Nala Rose versus Rio, because Rio is, like, imagine Shawn Michaels, right, compared to The Undertaker. Remember how small Shawn Michaels was? Now, shrink him even more and make him stand beside Vader, and that's kind of what it looks like. This girl is so fucking tiny. First of all, she's been wrestling for 13 years, since the age of 9. So that, immediately, she's 22, and it, it kills me that she's she's a wrestler, and she's pretty fucking good. But she's she's tiny. Tiny. Like, I, I feel like if I take her arm, and I just I, I add a tiny bit of tension to it, I, I might snap it. Right? She looks... She's that tiny. She's that frail. But... Man, can she wrestle? And she's got like the, you know, Shawn Michaels, Johnny Gargano resilience where it's like, no, you can't keep me down. You can fucking smash a cracker barrel over my head, but I will still get up. Which is kind of what she does. And then uh, Rio basically gets the win after a Harukarana kind of spin combination thing into a pinning combination. And and she gets the win. Nala Rose comes out at the end of the match. And just basically licks her chops. She's like, I'm about to eat your ass, bitch. Like, you don't know what the fuck you gonna do. And uh, so, yeah, they have the, the women's title, like, in a in a glass case kept by the entranceway. Now the rose comes, stands beside it. And this bitch looks so scared. Like, like real. Girl, run. Just fucking run. Like, go back to Japan, you know? Nyla, I'm sure she needs, like, a visa to get there. So, especially after whatever fucking happened in Pearl Harbor. Like, I'm sure they, they like, they need, <laughs> you guys need visas to go to each other's countries. So just go home, like, find a nice room, you know, get some, like, stuffed animals, you know, play a little bit with your dolls or some shit. But, like, get the fuck away from Nyla because she will break you. Like, she could put you in her eye, blink, and kill you. That's, like, that's what could happen. You need to get the fuck away from her. That's, it's, the, yeah. Just get, go home. Go home. <laughs> um, and then, we have, I, what, in my opinion, was the match of the night. For me. Cody versus Sean Spears. Now, Unfortunately, I'm I'm a massive sucker for video packages. If you have a great video package, you you have me. That's it. That's all it takes. 
I am a absolute fucking sucker when it comes to good video packages. So, so yeah, I just I all I wanted was a good video package. Unfortunately, this was not a good video package. I was so upset. I just I, if if this was a good video package, I would have been so so fucking happy. But unfortunately, it wasn't. But anyway, so uh, the when when the video package ends, we we see a man sitting in a chair and from the tattoos, you can kind of tell it's Sean Spears and he's sitting in a chair where where and and this chair is under a spotlight. And he's got a hood covering the entirety of his face. So, I mean, I guess from his stature and from his body and stuff, you can tell it's it's Sean. He gets up, he folds the chair, and he slowly walks down the ramp with his music playing and his hood still completely hiding his face. Now, people might hate this. I think this was amazing. I think this was the entrance of the night. This... Because, and and that's not where it ends. So he grabs a chair, right? He folds the chair that he was sitting on. He grabs it. He walks down the ramp so slowly. As he's dragging the chair, you can see the chair is bent out of shape. This is the job of the commentary team, where they allude to that chair being used against Cody. So this is where this whole thing started from, where that chair was the thing that he smashed on Cody's head, which led to this match. I love such subtlety. I love such attention to detail. I love a slow build. And this entrance was exactly that. He slowly, methodically walked to that ring. When he got to that ring, he just stood there with that chair. You cannot see his face. He's standing there ominously. Until Tully Blanchard comes out. Tully, (coughs) who is apparently mentoring Sean, he comes out and he removes the hood, revealing white contacts in Sean's eyes. And that looked visually orgasmic. It was such a fucking cool visual. I was like, yo... This guy's got me hook, line, and sinker. This is so fucking cool. I loved it. I loved every tiny bit of that. It was so good. Just the way he did everything, the slow, methodical walk, and and then the reveal, and and then he's got like this veteran with him who's who's basically just like a a pool of knowledge that that is is gonna fill Sean basically. He's kind of like passing the torch, but at the same time, like, you see how menacing this man is already. So I, I fucking loved everything about this. I loved it, loved it, loved it. And then right after that, we get a video of Brandy walking Pharaoh. I fucking love Pharaoh. Walking Pharaoh backstage. Now she's walking, and then DDP comes out. So DDP's joining her in this walk. She walks with DDP, and then MJF comes out. MJF, DDP, and Brandy all walk down to the ring, and then suddenly it cuts out, 
and then we see like these these lights. What, where are these lights coming from? What's the purpose of these lights? Like, what? And then out of the stage comes Cody Rhodes. And now I'm not sure if all of them were doing like some weird Star Trek gimmick cosplay kind of thing. Where because I, I, full disclosure, I don't watch Star Trek. Never, never have. So, um, <laughs> like, I, I, so I see this thing and I was like, okay, intriguing. You know, strange choice of clothes, but sure, why not? You know. And then uh, right, right after. So then, basically. Uh, Earl Hebner, who's officiating this match, comes out and tells Cody, you can only have one person by the ring. And at that point, I was praying, please let it be Pharaoh, please let it be Pharaoh. That'd be so cool if they trained Pharaoh to be part of this match, but unfortunately, it was not Pharaoh. Uh, he selects NJ- MJF, and I was like, alright, what's gonna happen here? Is something gonna happen? Mm-mm. And then <clears throat> he he picks MJF, MJF uh, is in his corner, and then Cody, you know, the Brandy goes back, and uh, so does DDP, and unfortunately Pharaoh, and then, uh, and then, so right after that, Cody stands up. He's he's kind of like posing, you know, the whole thing that you do it during the entrance. Uh, he gets into the ring, and then Irish whips and dives right out onto Sean Spears immediately. Right, match has not started. And then, and then suddenly you see Tully Blanchard get into the mix, and and Tully's trying to throw some punches, but then Cody knocks him down, and then both men start brawling. This match just so right from the get go is chaotic. Like you you can see because obviously there's there's bad blood between both these men, right? Again, I'm not entirely sure why, because it was not explained properly. Is this like you know, uh, uh, Sean just basically keeps saying like, oh, you know, you. Like, we were friends, and you know me for 13 years, and blah, 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 but, like, why are you mad he got you into the company? That's a good thing. I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand why he's mad. But anyways, whatever. Uh, they they both start brawling. They both start, uh, they, they enter the crowd. They're beating the shit out of each other in the crowd. And then they come back to the ring, and then the match officially starts. Now, uh, MJF keeps accidentally distracting Earl Hebner, and at that point, I was like, okay, is this accidental or is this something like what's happening here? And every time he accidentally distracts Hebner, Tully Blanchard manages to help Spears. So I was like, okay, this is just way too convenient. I don't, I don't get it. But then uh, Spears was like, you know, he was taunting MJF as well, which is kind of like if you if you pay attention to like certain turns, you can see that let's say if someone's in the ring and they know that this guy's you know about to turn on them. You can see that they don't interact with each other too much because they like because it it works for the story later. It's like, oh, why were you trying to help me lose if you were eventually going to help me win? So, uh, <clears throat> so in that sense, like you you see Spears alluded. So I, I was kind of like I was kind of tricking myself in some ways where I was like I was like, okay, maybe he's going to turn because of this, and maybe he's not going to turn because of this. So like I was just I was fifty fifty, and which is a good place to be. And then, uh, right, so all this happens, uh, and and Tully Blanchard keeps helping Sean Spears. There's the weight belt spots, then uh, the the an actual leather belt spot. But uh, at some point, Cody Rhodes, uh, Cody hits a crossroads, and but Tully's distracted Earl, 
and then Tully enters the ring, MJF enters the ring, and they both basically just like they have a standoff. And then instead of like throwing punches, they just start choking each other. They're <laughs> standing there, they're choking each other. But then Sean Spears comes in and and does like a a, a Sheamus bro kick kind of like bicycle kick to MJF. So MJF falls out of the ring, and then Tully gets onto the outside, starts fighting with MJF. But then during this entire shtick, Arn Anderson comes out, and oh god, like he's got major dad bod right now. But it was fucking great to see Arn Anderson come out, and Arn Anderson comes out. And just and 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 delivers like a beautiful spinebuster for. I mean, he's not lost a step, right? Delivers a beautiful spinebuster to Sean Spears, and then immediately leaves. Like you see him struggle with the roll because that stomach's in the way now, you know. So he rolls out of the ring and then and goes to the back, and that allows uh, Cody to come kind of come back into the ring, and and he he grabs a chair. He teases a, a chair shot to the head uh, on a kneeling Sean, but Sean's like, you know, pleading with him. He's like, hey, bro, we've been friends for so long, blah, blah, blah. But instead, doesn't do the chair spot. He manages to deliver a bionic elbow, which is a shout out to his dad, which uh, like gets me every time. And then he basically grabs a chair, throws it to Sean. Sean grabs it, holds it, and then Cody delivers a disaster kick. Through the chair, which I don't understand why is not a disqualification, but okay. Uh, does the disaster kick through the chair and then hits the crossroads and wins. But the for me, after the entrance of Sean Spears, this moment where Cody's standing in the ring and you kind of see, like, kind of he's, he's, he's out of focus, but MJF is standing at the back and he... And you can see him holding the chair, and he looks at Cody from behind, and and he picks up the chair, and you're like, oh, he's gonna fucking do it, he's gonna fucking do it, but he doesn't do it, which is all you need. So that subtlety, that is incredible. All you need to do is incept an idea in someone's head, right? I'm not even sure if incept is a word, but I just made it one. You just you just. Put that idea in someone's head, and now you can let all the fucking wrestling fans, all the wrestling marks, whatever the fuck you want to call them, you can you can let them all talk about that moment for so long, because now every time MJF and Cody come out, you're going to be waiting, okay, is he going to do it now? 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 And even JR made a, made a comment about it where he said, are they really friends? Is he really his best friend? Can he trust him? That's it. That's all you need to do. That's all that is required. You you put that idea in someone's head and now you let that idea formulate and you wait and you wait and you wait and then you capitalize on it and MJF can turn on Cody when when he feels like the time is right and he says now I can get what I want and and that's kind of what he needs to do. So, I loved I loved that. I think MJF is possibly one of my top characters. Sean Spears has skyrocketed for me into another stratosphere because I loved everything he did in this match, on this show. Um, fucking amazing. So fucking good. So, yeah. MJF, Sean Spears, all day. Give it to me. And Cody, Cody's amazing. Cody's so good. So, yeah. 
that was a great match. Following that, we got the Tag Team Championship match for the AAA Tag Team Titles, a ladder match, which they call Escalera or Escalera de la Muerte, which is something, something for the death, like climbing for the death i don't know fucking i don't speak spanish so uh <laughs> so actually no do i speak spanish i do speak a tiny 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 bit of spanish estoy reventado la cabeza that's all i can say uh <laughs> but no so um it's it's so I, I i this match was also really fucking good ladder match young bucks lucha brothers fucking all four of them fantastic performers now they did kind of like repeat kind of repeat uh one spot throughout the night where it was like so you've got the four brothers right so you've got nick and matt jackson and you've got uh, pentagon jr and ray phoenix now there are points where like matt and pentagon for example are standing in the ring and uh, nick and ray are outside on tables for example and i don't remember exactly who was where at what point but they so so one pair of siblings is is outside on on tables and then the the let's say the elder brothers are in the ring and then they both look at each other and they do the whole like zero mero kind of thing and then uh the, the young bucks retort with uh, zero huevos which is like no balls so <laughs> i i found that really funny and then the so, so and then basically just you know they they do the same spot so for example, Matt Jackson and Pentagon Jr. will run outside and do a, I guess, senton, let's say, onto whoever's lying outside on the table, you know? So, and they did that a few times with different spots, like with, with ladders as well and uh, super kicks and blah, blah, blah. But it wasn't, it was, I mean, I, I if it was a one-time thing, it would have been so, it would have been really cool. I don't like to waste stuff. I don't like too much repetition until to a point where it's saturated where you're just kind of like oh for fuck's sake like how many times are they going to do this they didn't do that they didn't reach that but i could see them reaching that point so so i guess they stopped at the right time before it got too much but i would have enjoyed seeing that a little less that's just me personally that's that's what i like to see but uh i mean if you enjoyed it you know that's great good for you you know i i basically wanted to uh, it, it, during this match, I was I was very surprised with uh, with the work output and and some of the the I guess the nuances that you see with these superstars where they kind of like I, I I almost forget that it's a match and I kind of feel like it's a fight, which is which is the testament to the the performers. They they did a fantastic job. So. Uh, again, this match had so many spots. Like, I there's I I don't know how I'm gonna remember all these spots, but I'm, I'm so I I just have like uh, a few of them. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna list out uh, the, the the spots that I have that at least that I remember, uh, and or rather the ones that I've listed down. And uh, there's there's this one insane spot where Pentagon Junior and I, I think that's like all over Twitter now. Where, <laughs> where Pentagon Junior does a a sunset pile driver off the top of the ladder to Matt Jackson through a fucking table. If you haven't watched this show for some reason, you're just listening to this, which I 
thank you, but also why? But it 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 made it that spot was crazy. Fucking crazy. I I have no idea how this fucking guy is even alive after that. I I don't know how this guy is not dead. Um because that spot and whatever camera angles they used the g- fucking good job, bro. Good job. I'm clapping. Well done, sir. Well done. Camera angles nuts on that spot. I thought he died. I thought he fucking died. Really fucking good. And then uh, there's another one where Pentagon basically pushes Nick off a ladder, but uh, onto the outside, onto two tables. But it was this was bad because Nick's feet get caught on the top rope as he's falling out. So Nick just goes face first through the table, and that and I think he got busted open immediately. So that looked horrid. Uh, that was dangerous, very fucking dangerous. Um, and then there's another one where so this is coming towards the end of the match where. Uh, Matt climbs the ladder and then meets Pentagon on top. But just as Pentagon's about to grab, so he does a Zara Mirror thing, and then he's about to grab the titles, and Matt rips his mask off. Like, just, just pulls it right off. Doesn't rip it off. He pulls it right off his face. So Pentagon immediately grabs his face, falls to the floor, and and then you see Ray Phoenix does a springboard off the top towards the ladder, but Matt catches him, with a fucking super kick. That should have been the end of that match. Right there, that should have been the end of the match. I was like, that's it. He's fucking won it. Now, as soon as he pulled... Now, kudos to the fans in the, in the crowd for knowing all this. Uh, they they booed as soon as Matt pulled the, the mask off. It was like, alright, that's disrespectful. You're not supposed to be doing that. So, when he, when he unmasked him, everyone started booing. But then... Uh, and and then when he countered the the Ray Phoenix springboard, they uh, the the crowd popped. They thought he was going to win it, but then Pentagon with one hand over his face just just shoves the ladder, just shoves the ladder, and it it didn't look like a safe shove because the way Matt fell, he fell onto those like those two links between the ladders that you see every time they so they set up a ladder, you see them push down on these links. So they pushed down all those links to hold the ladder in place. So, uh, I mean, Matt falls onto those links. And that looked excruciating. Because I don't think that was supposed to happen that way. I, I, I don't... Because you can't really protect yourself. And those things are sharp. So that must have hurt. Must have hurt. Those guys are definitely sore today. And then... So obviously Nick was like still dead at this point, Right. Because, because uh, yeah, he went face first through two tables, or rather one and a half tables, and then Pentagon gets his mask back, puts it back on, goes to a ladder that's placed between the the ring and the barricade on the outside. So if you can imagine that, they've placed a ladder in between the apron and the barricade, and now you've got a package pile driver position. For Matt Jackson with Pentagon Jr. just holding there. And then Ray Phoenix jumps off the top rope and with one foot shoves him down and basically jumps off of him. And Matt Jackson just goes head first into this ladder. Crazy, crazy fucking guys. Did that. Uh, Matt's dead. Nick's dead. 
Pentagon and Ray go back into the ring and retain their AAA Tag Team Championships. As soon as the match ends, they start celebrating a tiny bit before you see two men in some weird masks come in and beat the shit out of out of the Lucha Brothers, and then Nick comes back in, beat the shit out of Nick, and then they rip the masks off to reveal Santana and Ortiz of LAX. So if you've watched TNA, they, they used to be LAX on TNA. Uh, but they, they called them Los Bariquas, so I'm not sure if they changed their name. I've kind of been out of the indie scene and TNA scene for a bit, so I'm not entirely sure. But uh, they used to be LAX. And, uh, yeah. So that was that was cool. The reveal was good. Uh, crowd popped as soon as they saw him. So it was, it was, it was I guess the post-match stuff was pretty good as well. So good match. Liked it. Not not too much to complain about. I I think both these teams are insanely talented. I think Pentagon Junior is so good. I fucking love that guy. He's he's probably one of my favorite luchadors right now. Uh, maybe even my favorite luchador, might I say? Andrade is he still considered a luchador? Not sure. But in any case, I think everyone in this match immensely talented. So fucking good. Now, <clears throat> we come to the main event of the evening, which is Chris Jericho versus Adam Hangman Page. This is for the inaugural AEW champion. It's not even called heavyweights. It's weird. So this is AEW World Championship. It's weird without the word heavyweight in it, but that's how Justin Roberts called it, so... I guess that's what it's called, AEW World Championship. Okay. So, uh, as I mentioned earlier, Hangman Page and Jericho both qualified for this match. And so Hangman Page comes out on a fucking horse. That's right. How fucking cool is that? He came out on a goddamn horse. Pretty cowboy of him. Pretty cowboy of him. I liked it. I really liked it. So... Hangman Page comes out on a horse, and uh, Jericho comes out to his fucking Judas in my mind song or whatever fucking name. I don't know the name of the song. I think it's Judas, maybe. And uh, I I really like this. A woman referee for the main event, and Jr. even alluded to the fact that I don't think a woman has ever refereed the main event of any pay per view before. So very interesting, very interesting fact, and. Uh, yeah, Jericho comes out. His body's doing weird things, man. What the fuck's going on with him? I feel like I feel like he does biceps, but then like a chest muscle pops up. Like his muscles are like all really weird and his his chest is like flattened out and his guts sticking out, but then his arms are bigger and I don't understand his body. Like it's like it's morphing in front of me. I don't understand the way it's supposed to be shaped. And the way it's being shaped, again, very complicated. Doesn't I, I don't understand. So, anyways, this match was alright. Uh, there was uh, it was it was quite back and forth, and again, a lot of like outside stuff throwing each other and shit like that. Uh, Jericho Jericho is basically at some point puts the walls of Jericho in, but Page counters it, hits him with a discus forearm. So this kind of becomes like a theme for the night where he. He keeps using the discus forearm. 
and you can see uh, at some point when uh, when he hits the discus forearm, Jericho goes down. You see the referee go up to him, and you can very visibly see the referee hand Jericho the blade. So you see her give the blade to Jericho. Jericho rolls out blades, and then once he stands up, he's got the crimson mask and hangman. And then obviously they're like, "Oh no, the discus forearm did that to him." And then, uh, so Jericho gets back in, just tussle back and forth. Uh, Jericho finally gets the walls in, but Paige gets out. Jericho then goes for a code breaker, but Paige catches him, flips him backwards into the dead eye position. But Jericho counters. Paige finally manages to hit the dead eye later on, but Jericho kicks out. So at this point, I was like, "Fuck, Jericho's winning." And then Paige then tries for another discus elbow, but gets caught with the Judas effect, which is that spinning elbow that Jericho does now. And uh, that that gives Jericho the one, two, three. And he is now the first ever AEW world champion. So I guess it's a that's what you want. You want a big name to hold the title. You've got you've got Chris Jericho, and within the world of professional wrestling, how much bigger can it actually get, right? So, so Chris Jericho is the the AEW World Champion. He's gonna be insufferable, which is, I guess, great for the AEW, right? So, uh, you want you want a, a person of his caliber, and you want a person of his. Uh, of his, I guess, legacy to hold the title, and and now that he's the champion, I think the the stories are endless. Who's gonna be the the guy? And I, and the thing is, I hope he holds on to it for a while. I understand that you want to put up and coming talent into a a good position. I understand that you want to put uh, up and coming talent in in like this championship. Uh, or, or rather hold the title to, like, for example, if Adam Page had won, it would have kind of been pushing the the young talent. But I think it's better that Jericho won it because now you can build your young talent and make them earn that championship. So now Adam Page can go back to the drawing board, work his way up, and and eventually when he does win it, it will be a much bigger deal. So, this match, by the way, was was a really fucking long match. It was twenty six minutes. So, there were there were obviously points where the match slowed down, um, but that's just how it is, I guess. And Jericho, Jericho for for his age, can still go. He's great. He can still fucking go. But obviously, he's not the Jericho that he once was. He has slowed down. So there are... I want him to get into better shape. I don't know if it's the fucking alcohol or just burgers on his tours or whatever the fuck he's doing. But, man, he needs... for Again, for his age, I guess he's in good shape. But he needs to kind of get into better shape. He's he's not looking great. Um, but, yeah, it was... So this this was a really fucking long match. I think... Uh, with with uh, with Jericho going over was was the right decision for the future. I'm sure people have their reservations where they're like, "Why the fuck did Jericho go over? Jericho shouldn't have gone over. What the fuck?" Blah 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 blah. Well, 
this is wrestling, bro. This is kind of like this is this is just how this is how wrestling works. You kind of have to build stuff. If you if it's instant gratification doesn't do anything for anyone. No one wants to like you don't want instant gratification. If you get instant gratification, there's no build. You don't get invested into the story. You don't feel it's just it just happens and it's gone. Why would you want that? You want something that builds. You want something that that takes its time. So yeah, so that, that's that's kind of what I want from from this. I just want to see a slow build, and I want I want Hangman Page to eventually become the champion. You know, because one year ago he was a goofball, and now I've I've started to take him a little more seriously. So, so in 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 closing, what what I've managed to see the some of the shortcomings of All In were the the timing of the show was was poorly managed. They didn't manage the the time of the show well, so they fixed that. This show was better managed in terms of time. Production was really good as well. The camera angles that they used on the show, some of them were incredible. Uh, some of the things I didn't like about the show were, uh, for example, the 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 hardcore stuff. I it was too much. It was too much. Space it out. Do one massive spot. You you guys did like five insanely massive spots in one match and i don't like that i don't want to see everything just shoved all together into one so i space it out give it time to breathe and and save your stuff for for later matches you know like don't don't use it all uh my so i'm gonna do this thing where i'm i'm gonna have let's say the the star of the night or uh, i'm gonna call it the mvp of the night and then the MUP of the night. So MVP is obviously most valuable player. And MUP will be most unvaluable player. Is that a word? So yeah. So MVP and MUP. MVP of the night. To me, Sean Spears. I think Sean Spears stepped up. And I think he was he was absolutely incredible in his role. I think he he superseded my expectations. And his from his look to his wrestling ability to to everything i think was fan fucking tastic it was so good i i can't i just i i love i love everything he did everything he did i i absolutely loved and it was it was i couldn't have asked for more so yeah mvp of the night goes to sean spears mup of the night unfortunately now this is there, there are few people in my mind where I'm kind of like, mm, it could be this person, it could be that person, but I, if if I had to give it to someone, it would unfortunately have to be Jericho. I think Jericho is the champion right now because he's a name. I unfortunately feel like that's the only reason they gave it to him, but. For the future, I guess it's good because they're going to use that name to put over other people. And Jericho is the type of person to put people over. Just ask Fandango. So <laughs> he will he will make the most of it. Unfortunately, as just visually, I didn't want to see... Like the way he looked when he won the championship, I was kind of like, oh God, this is... He looks terrible. He looks so out of shape. And I, this is the main champion now? Oh, man, just... Get it together, Jericho. Just like lose that gut. 
I don't like seeing a gut on the guy, you know? And his chest is doing some weird thing. It's just, like, caved in. I don't know what the fuck's wrong with it. I don't know if he's had surgery or what the fuck it is, but it looks really, really fucking weird. So, yeah, that, those are my MVP and MUPs of the night. And I would... Uh, so, basically, I put out a poll. Uh, let me just log into Twitter here. Uh, but, yeah, I, I put out a poll on, on Twitter uh, checking with people what uh, what match they liked. and uh, Or, rather, not match, sorry. Uh, I asked what what the rating was according to them. And they... Uh, everyone, everyone came back, and uh, everyone, for the most part, liked the show. There's, so there are 68 votes on the show so far, and now the there are four categories, right? The first one was amazing. WWE's in trouble. Uh, so sorry. So the question was: So what are your final thoughts on AEW's All Out? And uh, so the four options on a poll that I gave them were: amazing, WWE's in trouble. Second was mediocre, need some work. Third was meh, all in was better. And fourth, horrible, WWE is safe. So now from bottom to top, so the horrible one got 6%. Meh, all in was better, got 16%. Mediocre, need some work, got 37%. And amazing, WWE is in trouble, got 41%. So we're... We're in the positive section here for sure, where it's between amazing and mediocre. But I, I'm leaning more towards mediocre. Still need some work, and I don't understand people who said it's amazing. I, for sure, if you if you thought it was amazing, I'd love to know why. I genuinely would love to know why. Please let me know. Tweet me at that KJ guy. I want to know why you thought this was amazing, because. Maybe I might change my mind, you know? I, I, I'm always open to people discussing things, and, and you know, I, I'm always willing to entertain the idea of having my thoughts changed. So just I, I'd like to understand what you loved about it if you did, and if you didn't think anything was wrong with the show, please tell me why, because as I said, I had a few things that I thought weren't exactly great. So... Those are those are just my thoughts, but you know, I'm I might be overlooking something. So, yeah. So that's it for the AEW All Out podcast. That was uh, that was interesting. A uh, few few notes on this because uh, this is the first time I've done such a long solo podcast. I'm not used to talking so much, <laughs> so my my voice is a little sore right now. I I guess I just need practice with this. But I didn't. I didn't expect that. That's one thing. And uh, number two, I uh, I didn't think I could talk for as long as I did. So that that's you know, yay me, yay. Uh, <laughs> please do let me know um, what you thought of this, and uh, if uh, if you think this is a format that uh, appeals to you, please do let me know. I'd I'd love to hear your thoughts, and uh, because I you know one man podcast is. Is a little weird, you know. No, I wouldn't say weird, but it's it's not done so commonly. So yeah, I'd, I'd love some feedback, you guys. I'd love some feedback. So you know, just uh, let me know at that KJ guy across all major social media platforms. It's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, and Vero. Yes, I'm still using Vero. Uh, <laughs> I haven't posted anything on that for ages now. 
So, uh, but yeah, Twitter, Twitter, and Instagram is where you can uh, mainly find me. Facebook as well. Uh, and yeah, I uh, I'd love to know if uh, if you enjoyed this. So uh, leave a comment below uh, in the podcast app. And uh, please, if you like this, a five star review will be so greatly appreciated. I'd absolutely love it if you did that. So um, you know anything. At this point, anything helps. So uh, you know, just like you can like the the tweets, I guess, where I share the the podcast. Uh, you could uh, obviously subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. And uh, please let people know if you like this, share it. You know, sharing is caring, folks. Sharing is caring. And uh, yeah, YouTube.com forward slash that KJ guy. And I'm trying to think of all the plugs i need to start writing this shit down so i'm just going off my my head here but i think i think i got everything and oh duh the fucking podcast at roped in on instagram and twitter so uh yeah follow all that good stuff like subscribe share all that stuff you know you know what to do i don't need to tell you anymore but yeah do that and since you're still around kj out